Simplified Tech Support. In this show, we will explore the, the technology and devices and gadgets uh, in the science fiction that we talk about. We'll have fun doing it. Uh, we will not be accurate in anything, and <laughs> we will... Uh, we'll make all kinds of assumptions. Uh, but some we'll, incorrect, yeah. Some incorrect. But we'll hope to have fun. Yeah, and learn something along the way. Learn something along the way. I'm Patrick Delahanty. I'm Hymet Ruiz. And this is Sci-Fi Tech Support. Beta so, Episode 1. Beta Episode 1. So what, what shall we speculate about today? Uh, well, I'm curious about Bigger on the Inside. Ah. The, the TARDIS from Doctor Who. It's a well-known trope yep. that uh, every time somebody walks in for the first time, they, they're amazed that it's this little blue police box, and then inside, they see this large room. Yeah. And there's a lot more beyond that. The doctor said that, oh, if the TARDIS landed on Earth with the actual mass, it would break the crust. Right, right. <laughs> and and, and there's, there's always all these rooms, and, and, and once in a while we see more and more rooms inside, and there was that one episode where, where they were actually jettisoning the yeah. it on the inside. Well, this is one of these uh, tropes and this, one of these devices that is actually, I don't think it started uh, being a factual thing. I think it just started as a, as a convenience, as many of these uh, sci-fi devices do. Oh, yeah, I mean, they, they couldn't build a large spaceship, at least not the outside, so hey, Let's just put it in a police box, yeah. and we'll have the rickety wall set. Yeah. That could be the inside, and it's it's brilliant. <laughs> right. It, it, you, you cut it. You, somebody goes into the box, cut. You cut somebody coming in in a big set, and there you go. But this um, this particular uh, trope, again, is, is something that is possible. Um, and it's because... In general relativity, um, space is malleable, and that sometimes is a little is a little strange for people to understand. But um, basically, um, you know what a wormhole is, for example. Yeah. And uh, in a wormhole, you know you, you enter in one place and you go somewhere else. But you could also have a bubble universe. And, and perhaps the uh, bubble universe is the, is the nicest explanation. It fits best. And how it works is that you have a region of space that is connected to another region of space. But it's, it, so you don't go anywhere else. You go into, into this bubble of space-time. Right. And, and you would have a, 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 an entrance or, 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 a, or a neck would in through which you would go in it. So is this bubble universe is is it within our own universe, like some far off place, or is it some parallel universe that just exists to house the interior of the TARDIS or whatever else you want to Well and again there's this? many options, but if you use the bubble universe option, um, think of it as a sock connected to a bed sheet, for example. And, and so the bed sheet is, is our you know, normal space. Yeah. Uh, and the sock, uh, you know, if, if, you, if you sew the top of the sock to, to a hole in the bed sheet, 
you would have a door, you would have a region yeah. where you could enter, and then you would have this extra bit of room. Right. But, you know, a, a, an ant would only see up around tiny little hole, even though you could have like a, basically a sack of holding in there. Right. And, and these are things that could exist within the realms of, realm of possibility. Well, I, th I think this is a solution to housing shortages in <laughs> large cities like New York or San Francisco, where uh, property is property prices are through the roof. So what yeah. you do is you just put the door there, yeah. and then someplace nobody wants to live, like uh, none of it Canada or <laughs> right. Nevada yeah. desert. Yes. That's where you put the actual apartment. Yes, and people walk through the door in San Francisco. They end up in the in the desert where their apartment is. With a beautiful plenty view. of land, yeah, you can just stack them up. <laughs> yeah, you can stacks see. like in uh, the uh, um, Black Adam, no, uh, Ready Player One. Yes, you can just have you stacks just stack of containers. Them all up. Yeah, and then exit. So when you exit, you you turn a dial like in, in, in the, oh shoot, the movable castle, uh, house moving castle. Yes, yeah. the house moving castle. Just just a dial and land at, at San Francisco. Now, now, this the the door leading to the bubble universe, yes. as, as we see in the TARDIS. Is this sort of similar to a, a portal, like we might see this is in, the, in Portal right. or in the Lost Room? Yes, this is this is the one thing that would be different. The the and and I guess you could this uh, the the entrance since the world is three dimensional and not. Not two-dimensional. Um, the entrance would be a sphere, very similar to to the uh, wormhole in uh, Interstellar. Yes, that's that's actually the best depiction of the entrance, and it would be exactly yeah, this, like I haven't seen anybody else depicted as a sphere, and it no. finally made sense to me. It's the correct. <laughs> and the interesting thing is is that where a wormhole again takes you to some other region of space. Yeah. Uh, to the Nevada desert, for example, or whatever. Um, this would take you just to some more bit of, 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 of 3D space. And if you think about it, you know, how you see how the sock actually dangles? Into yeah. a, it, it, this, it, it would be the same thing. It would be, you would have three space, and then you would have the door would connect you to, to uh, uh, an additional dimension of space. It would, it would project into a fourth dimensional space, for example. Right. Again, these are very theoretical things, but... but it, you know, potentially possible, and, and you can imagine a very advanced society manipulating space-time in, in such a way. Especially, you know, if, if you have a, a time-traveling, time-faring civilization, they, they could do it. Again, a portal would also work. Um, the, the, well, like in Portal, it just goes to another place in actual reality instead right. of to a pocket universe. Right. You would have some sort of or, warehouse yeah, somewhere. The lost room. Yeah. It's all the same. But, but I, think, I think this is possibly, the bubble universe is probably the, 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 the thing that fits the best. Okay, so how can I make a bubble universe for myself? How, I want my own TARDIS. Okay. I, 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 property taxes and property prices <laughs> are too high. I just yes. want to buy a tiny little place, and then and you need a, a, a bigger size pool. Yes, in, I, in a room, I, and next to the library. Yeah, uh, somebody's going to be moving in with a lot of bookshelves, okay. so we need a place to put them. So, all right. So, uh, basic tenet of general relativity, Einstein said, uh, matter tells space how to bend. Uh, space tells matter how to move. 
matter tell, matter energy tells space how to bend. Uh, so it, it would be the same thing, except that for an exotic, for for a, a bubble universe or for a warm wormhole, you would need something called exotic and exotic matter. And exotic matter is is as of yet theoretical, but we have indications that it is possible and that it does exist. And it um, so you would need to place it near the entrance. You need to make a, a, some way of controlling it, and maybe through electromagnetic fields or something like that. So, that, so step one, you need to find yourself some exotic matter. Okay, I'll, I'll find that on Amazon, I'm sure. Yes, so. yes I'm pretty sure you can get it. <laughs> uh, step two, you build some sort of, um, of containment device in the shape of a ring or... or uh, um, a police box. <laughs> a police box. <laughs> and, you, and you build up some wood around it. And then you spin it up and manipulate the, um, the intensity of the, of the exotic matter and, and the amount of, of energy um, density. And then uh, you cross your fingers, hope for the best, and you should be able to form yourself a, a little bubble universe. This is this is very similar to uh, another technique that is is suggested by uh, Mexican physicist called Miguel de Alcubierre, uh, that you can use the same sort of thing um, to expand um, space time behind you and contract it in front of you, and then we have a working what. Warp drive. There you go. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so it, it, within the realm of possibility, we, we yeah. can do it. Now, all we need is billions and billions of dollars. and Not for the machine. I think that you can do that for 20 bucks, but just because billions of bucks are fun. So, should we go talk to Elon Musk? And he's yeah. Gonna, he's got yeah. some money. Get him on the phone. Yeah. He loves doing this yeah. stuff. He's busy with SpaceX, though, and Tesla. Yep. So, so there you go. This was quite easy, and uh, on to the next, all right, next challenge. And 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 Patrick, but you know, this is all speculation and stuff like that. But there's there's some uh, science fiction inspired devices that actually exist and yeah. that have actually been created. Um, and one of them, one of the most interesting ones I've seen so far, and, and continuing with our Doctor Who theme, is is an actual sonic screwdriver. Oh. Yeah, that, that'd be handy. Yeah, yeah. So so researchers... No, uh, I assume you mean sonic actual screwdriver, like to screw things in, yes. and not the million other things that Stephen Moffat makes the sonic yes, screwdriver do. Yes, like, it's, it's not oh, a... It's going to rain. <laughs> yeah, a sonic screwdriver it, as, in, as in the original, maybe... The literal, uh, yes. the literal Sonic and, and the original Tom Baker okay. version, which yeah. would actually unscrew things and screw them back up. Right. Uh, not the magic wand that that you know Tennant used to have, and, 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 and the present Doctor carries around to do everything and absolutely anything. And even has that eye, he can do everything. Yeah. No, yeah. these guys have actually come up to, with a way to use ultrasonic sound in Dundee University. In England, uh, they have found a way to, to, excuse me, to uh, use ultrasonics to spin things, 
and to lift things and stuff like that. And and it, it they they think they can use uh, this technology for uh, manipulating blood during surgery stuff like that. They can reroute your blood flow without actually touching you or, or cutting into into you or anything like that. Um, and and uh, you know they have a very interesting demo where they actually turn a screw, a very large uh, <laughs> simulated screw, uh, with ultrasound, and, and it's it's fantastic. And you should all go and uh, check it out. It's at the uh, Dundee University website and also on uh, on BBC News from uh, April two thousand twelve. Well, we so can put a link. In our show notes. Excellent. When we have show notes. When we have show notes, there will be a link. <laughs> uh, but is this similar to the thing I've seen where they, the people use sound waves to levitate a ball? Or it's exactly the same. It's, yeah. it's sound is is so they're just instead of pushing upwards on the ball, now they figured out how to make enough sound pressure to. Oh. Yeah, most likely what they're doing, and again, this is. Cool. Complete and absolute speculation. So I I, I, I know nothing, uh, but but my guess would be that they're they're using some sort of interference pattern, uh, so that there's more pressure on one side than the other, and they they they're cycling through through some uh, different patterns until they, they right. get it to to have. Because sound is, is, is basically pressure waves. It's, it's compression of air or medium, and, and in this case, is, is ultrasonic in a liquid. Although they, there's no reason why if they, they pump up the volume, they couldn't do it in air. So. But it's, it's a nice first step. It's a, it's a good iteration one of this technology. So pretty soon, we should be able to, to get a whole tool set in, in, a, in a little device. Now, I've seen, I mentioned the sound wave making the ball levitate. I haven't seen anybody make like a hovercraft out of this, where push down, have your sound device on the vehicle, yeah, like on the pushing, the down vehicle pushing down towards the ground. Huh. You can make your own land speeder. Yeah. Or, you know, hovering car or just hovercraft. Yeah. Over, over solid ground, certainly. Maybe over water. I don't know. I know hoverboards don't only work if on you water, have power, but yeah, <laughs> only if you've got. You <laughs> fly you, Bojo. Need <laughs> power. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, it, there's no reason why they couldn't do it. I, I, I imagine that. Um, again, this is very early work, um, but yeah, I, you should be able. Once you have something that can push on an object or whatever like that, you should be able to to mount it. On, on the device itself, on the vehicle, and just push down a little bit. And, uh, again, the question would be, would that be more practical and reasonable than just blowing air? It, it's, yeah. Well, it depends on how strong a force you can get. If you can fit it into a small device, hoverboards. Yep. If it needs some huge... Well, if it needs more power, more battery power, then it can... Push if it weighs more than itself, yeah, then yeah. it's not going to work. No, but. well, you could, you could, you could throw some micros to it, and so that you don't have the the, the batteries on board, but you, you're actually, you know, but yeah. You, you but could, it, if even the device weighs more than the 
force it exerts. Because I've seen it's hovering a ping pong ball. So. Yes. So, but but that screw that it was turning from the Dundee yeah. University that yeah. seems to be it seems to be big big and yeah. it's through water uh-huh um, and if yeah for medical stuff though that that's a good application I'm sure we yeah. can turn it into a weapon at some point of course we this do is, everything this, the end yeah. it's it's sonic weapons it's it's yeah that's, and also you know it, it, you know that they always they, they, everybody's always thinking about death ray, but, but to get funding, you have to actually go and say, "Oh, I have some medical applications too." Well, I have seen the sonic device that incapacitates people. It's not a death ray; it's more of a stun ray. Yeah, where they just the, the army can point this at people, and they're just they, they can't handle it. And right, collapse. right. Have you seen it actually work somewhere? Uh, I thought I saw a video of a test. Yeah, I saw that too. And it's it's just it's it feels horrible. You know, the idea I would that, imagine because it's sound to a certain frequency that just makes you collapse. Yeah, and, yeah. And they, and they they theoretically they had the other one that would that you would you would um, basically lose control of all your uh, oh the brown note. Yeah, the brown yeah. Note. Well, MythBusters tried that. And yeah. they busted it, but maybe they just didn't hit the right frequency or yeah. a combination of frequencies. Maybe they only had forty-five minutes or so to yeah to test all the possibilities. So, so there we go. We have a a, a, a real bit of kit, as they would say, uh, um, happening now. So, yes. so, so I guess we could just you know. It, it's a, just a matter of time before we have our little bubble universe uh, apartment in, in San Francisco. With yeah. sonic screwdrivers. Yep, with sonic screwdrivers. That'll be handy for when you have to fix things in your bubble universe apartment. Yes, yes. <laughs> as, as long as, as the bubble universe apartment screws are not soundproof, you're fine. Yeah. Or not deadlocked. Which is back So, okay, so what... This now we we're gonna uh, come to to the part of the show where we uh, ask you if if something is possible. We, you know, we, we, we what would you like to see? Like what what bit of, of sci-fi tech that is is interesting and maybe a little outrageous? Would you like to see if it's possible? And would you like our, you know our potential listeners? To, to to help us find out if it's, if it's possible. Well, one sci-fi tech thing that uh, when I first saw it on TV, I was like, really? I don't know if that's possible. But originally I thought it wasn't possible for reasons that I think it's not possible now. Okay. So my reasoning's kind of uh, changed on that. And that's for Mystery Science Theater 3000, The Umbilicus. Uh-huh. Uh, it was a device that Dr. Forrester in TV's Frank came up with to send things back and forth to the satellite of okay. love. Instead of using a transporter, they had essentially hooked up Gypsy's tube okay. between Deep 13 and the satellite, and so they could send a movie up, and so you would, sometimes you Crow would, came down. It, so it was a hose? It was, yeah, it was it's a, a giant hose going from within the Earth to space. Okay. And you would... And, 
stick a movie in it. Yeah, they could, they sent a movie. Crow went through it. They've done, I don't know, they've sent a whole bunch of things. So the size of this tube was a, a little uh, mysterious. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it changed. Uh, and even it, in the original first few episodes, it went through Gypsy. It came out her mouth. But they later changed that, so it went somewhere so he else. So she wouldn't be yeah. vomiting stuff yeah. all the time. And, uh, I think they just didn't want to have Gypsy on screen all the time. But, uh, yeah, it was just a method for them to send things up. And so I think it was season six they introduced it. And then at the end of season seven, when the series ended on Comedy Central, they did it by setting the satellite of love free. And Dr. Forrester unhooked the umbilicus and and sent it into deep space. space, like, like, Like the moon and cosmos. Which tells us that it was likely pulling ah. on the earth because you he let it loose and right. it flies off. Okay. Even so there though, was some tension. In, in yeah, the, even though before the satellite was just in synchronous orbit and, you know... It was maybe, maybe through the years that it was connected by the umbilicus, it, 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 it created some sort of uh, tension between it and Maybe. Earth. Or maybe they just changed the orbit to create the tension. Ah, of course. Uh, but when it was first introduced, my thought was, well... When spaceships come back to Earth, they go through re-entry and it gets hot. So wouldn't this just burn up in the middle? Well, yeah, and it's a little different. The reason why why uh, rockets burn up as they come in is because they're going very fast and they yes. use the atmosphere to break. And, and theoretically, if the satellite of love was a geostationary satellite, it would not be. Yeah, it would just be a line. But, but then again, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. This is this question we we post to you. So so. You know, it, it, this is what we would like to hear: is what, how do you think the umbilicus could work? What, what's the potential way it could work? It, it, these could be actual, well thought out uh, ideas with calculations and everything, and or just you know, whatever you come up with. So we'd like to hear from you how how you you, you think of the umbilicus in, in, in mystery science fiction. Mystery Science Theater 3000 would work. Yes. And, uh, and yeah, if, if you want to call, we've got a voicemail line at 762-ADEQUATE. at 762-233-7828. So just leave a message there. And uh, Awesome. And, uh, yeah, one of the other things about the umbilicus, I mean, after I realized that the, the heat from reentry is probably not the issue I thought it was going to mm-hmm. be, it's just the the tension. Yeah. And, and not only that, but how are you going to put, like, because, okay, so so let's assume you have this magical rubber tube of some sort that can withstand all the tension. Yeah. But then you have to put something in it at the bottom, and then it has to travel 10,000 kilometers. Yeah, that's another problem. So how are you going to push it or pull and, it or what? And another thing to think about is that, You've got this giant tube extending up into the sky. Uh-huh. So when you're, when you're within the Earth's atmosphere, gravity is definitely an issue. And well, so it's pulling down on yes, that. Yes. And when you're in orbit, tension from the satellite is pulling the other way. Yes. And so there could be issues in the middle there. Yeah. And <laughs> how many... How many is it bird-proof? How many birds are going to slam into it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or just wind. Or wind, yeah. And... Weather and temperature, because it's cold up there, and then you get into space. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of issues. 
I don't know how to overcome that. It, well, but maybe somebody out there will. Maybe somebody, yeah. somebody out there will, will, will figure it out and tell us. Do, we'll, does it take a mad scientist like Dr. Forrester, the genius that he was? It's, it, 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 it must, <laughs> I, I, would, I would think. But I'm sure there's mad scientists out there, or at least mad people yeah. out there that can... And I know the show used to tell us, if you're wondering how they eat and breathe and other science <laughs> facts... Yeah. Just repeat to yourself, it's just a show. We should really just relax. But I want to know. You want to know. Yes. Yeah. It seems minds. like this could work. And I have heard of uh, projects to tether things to the earth. Yeah. So why, why couldn't you make a tether in a, in a tube form and, and, yeah. and you know, send and, uh, crackers and yeah. stuff up? Or just air. Yeah. Like like the diving tubes. Why not yeah. send it up to the air, food, and maybe, maybe some sewage can come down yeah. so that... You don't weigh down the uh, satellite up love there too much. Send fuel and power up there so that any Mars launches, oh, yeah, we'll just, you need more power to recharge? There you go. Don't need solar panels. Right. No, no, and and if it were possible, you could do that. You could could have like a refueling station with just a pump. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's the next uh, ExxonMobil station. (laughs) Actually, no, it would be uh, SpaceX. For the commercial, they'll get up there and start a a filling station for spaceships. Yes, maybe they can make electric spaceships and you can get unlimited fuel with it. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so that's that's our show. And uh, she have like a nice little ending here. Yeah, well, you know, it's episode one, it's beta, we're just... Kicking this around and okay. taking it for a spin. But anyway, if for all this, this is uh, sci-fi tech support. So if your land speeder breaks down and you need help, give us a call. If your uh, lightsaber needs new batteries, uh, go to the store, you bum. <laughs> and uh, otherwise, and if, if your warp ship needs repair, give us a call. We'll be right over. Yes, we can make it go. Cool.